Hey, how's it going, Champagne Sharks? Hope everyone's doing well. Just wanted to uh, do some quick house cleaning, let people know. Go to ChampagneSharks.com and you get access to all the links related to Champagne Sharks. You can go there and find it all. And you can find where we are on social media, our products, all that stuff. Also, Patreon benefits, which includes Discord server, book club night, movie night discussions, show notes, newsletter, and most importantly, bonus episodes. So definitely become a patron for $5 a month at patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. And without further ado, here is the episode. Take care. So uh, I was planning to make this um, a two topic day. Uh, The one topic is going to be about the end of um the future like the end of the next big thing uh and the other topic i wanted to be was like evolution of like uh black conservatives and uh you know liberal uh shucking and jiving basically <laughs> like, like, like i'm trying not to use the word cooning anymore because i feel like there's too many uh white people listening to these shows and it's yeah. like i don't want to normalize the word like cooning for non-black people to say but i feel like we don't really have a a non-pejorative like you know there's no other word to use <laughs> yeah yeah uncle tom is not the same as coonan sometimes no. people use him interchangeably but uncle tom is really more like respectability politics you know but yes, cooning yes, is yes. like when you're actually um shucking and jiving eyes bucking yeah yeah you're basically kind of selling out um black people for the um entertainment of or the approval of uh, white people like you're doing Absolutely. active you're doing like active harm yes um yeah but yeah i can't think of a better yeah i don't know it, it, i don't it, know i mean yeah, you can yeah. say shucking and just say shucking and jiving or yeah samboism know. i don't yeah I, yeah I'm, I'm not sure but but you want to talk about like the liberal uh incarnation of that and basically how charlemagne got his ass kind of handed to him by uh larry elder in uh in an interview but uh anyway this is this is t here with um kenny what's up what's up what's up man how's everybody doing out there in uh champagne shark world um everybody in los angeles surfing (laughs) yeah san diego county riverside county be safe yeah i'm gonna be in uh la this week just in time for everyone to be soggy (laughs) right (laughs) get off the plane with some sandbags (laughs) yeah yeah exactly it'll be a it'll be a fun time to uh be there that should be that should be fun um yeah, so the places I was I was planning to hit up. Uh, oh, so there was a show, the Egyptian Lover show. Uh, yes, and that sold out. I was gonna see Egyptian Lover. Oh, are you was, gonna be able to? Did you get tickets or it sold out? Oh, uh, I went to get tickets today. I, 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 you know, I slept on it, man, because a show like that in New York would have tickets till day of. But yeah, I guess like uh, Egyptian Lover. I don't, you know, like something like. The Dilla show, the 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 Dilla celebration party. That's something oh, yeah. you have to get like way in advance and stuff. Yeah, I was sleeping on how popular Egyptian Lover was gonna be, and I didn't realize. Oh, yeah. You know, this is in L.A., so yeah, they're gonna appreciate him there. So of course, yeah, Egyptian gonna... Lover is one of those guys that you know you hear about uh, Uncle Jam's army. Yeah, you know you hear about that, and then not only that, this is gonna be when I looked at the the um the posting for it. I saw it on Instagram when you after you brought it up. And I saw who else was there. I could have told you if J Rock from the Beat Junkies is going to be there. Tuxedo is going to be performing, which is Jake One's crew. And then you yeah, got yeah. Peter uh, Butterworth. Tux- Tuxedo is not actually performing. They're doing a DJ set, but still, okay. people okay. are still going to want to see them, even if it's not absolutely an actual show. They're still going to want to yeah, see. Yeah, so because you might, you might get that might be Jake One, 
you got J Rock from the Beat Junkies. You got uh, Peanut Butter Wolf, which is Stone's Throw extraordinaire. So it's going to be yeah. a Stone's Throw crowd there. So it's going to be a straight up West Coast show. Mad Lib might pop through there. Um, you might see Babu, DJ Babu might pop through there. So you never, Dame Funk might pop through because Dame Funk is a huge, he's huge now in LA and he's keeping that Egyptian lover, uh, that sound, that P-Funk, he's keeping that sound alive. So he might even pop through there. So I, yeah, that that's going to be it. And, and even from there, you don't know who might show up there. Battle Cat might show up. Bobcat might show up. You never know, you know, and, and it's, uh, it's Egyptian lover's 60th birthday. So it's a birthday party for Egyptian lovers. So it's going to be off the hook. Mm. Yeah, that's, I could. When I seen that, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's that's going to be insane." Mm. That's uh that's, that's crazy. Yeah, that's that's nuts. Egyptian lovers making all that electro breathing music. And, you know, back you know, in the day, that eight oh eight pumping. Oh man! And I keep forgetting now how white people are into all this stuff now so yeah, it's not like you know bef before like uh like I, I bet when you go there's gonna be a lot of white hipsters and stuff like that so yeah it's definitely of, gonna of be a lot gonna of sell that. out yeah of course you're it's gonna, gonna sell out I, i'm not saying it's a complain i'm just saying like no 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 it's, it's not niche true. it's not niche anymore no 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 well the thing is you're gonna have people from venice that's gonna be there you're gonna have people from Beverly Hills gonna be there. You're gonna have people from South Central that's gonna be there. It's gonna be a dope show. But also, like, you're also gonna have the hipsters because you know Egyptian Lover. He's one of those dudes that a lot of his um his influence came from like craft work. Yeah. So you're gonna get that crowd there. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, he was doing all that breathing sound and music and shit back in the day, where it be breathing and pop locking and shit, dude. Like you know what I'm saying? So yeah. You know Jerry Curl Juice flying everywhere. Oh man, like I used to love a type of music. Uh <laughs> there was this uh there was this group, I don't remember who sang the song, but it was a song called uh Diamond Girl. Yeah. And it was uh one of those electro sounding uh I don't know if you know the song. It's called let me see if I could find the song. Well, first of oh. all, people lie and try to act like they didn't like that type of music back in the day. They're oh, lying. Oh, Stevie B. Uh it Stevie was, B, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Diamond Girl by Stevie B is like, you're my diamond girl. Yeah. And I remember uh, I was too young to uh, go to the show. Right. Um, but like older people in my neighborhood, a lot of them went to the show. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, man, I wish I could go see Stevie B Diamond Girl. And then they came back and like, yo, Stevie B got booed off the stage. And I was oh, like, what? He went to the stage. And basically, you know, uh, the chorus of the song, let's take, let's take a find the song because it's better to actually hear it. Uh, but the chorus of the song goes, yo, yeah. my diamond. And I guess you know, in, in in shows, sometimes you have an extended break and they do stuff that's not on the record. Yeah. So in the middle of the song, he has like this long break. And you just start going, ah, yeah. Breathing all, all this, over it. Yeah. All this breathing. And it was just like, boo. Like, like, he got a little too into the, the breathing. Like, it was like a obscene phone call. You yeah. Just, yeah. Go, well, you know, a lot of that stuff is kind of, it's like, that's like, uh, it reminds me of like, uh, uh, you know how if you listen to Prince, he's always got that song where in the background when he's done, there's like sounds like people having sex and shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you ever listen to um uh Lady Cab Driver, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Listen to Lady Cab Driver when the song is coming to an end, they're just like women having sex in the background. So it's, yeah, he's no different. Yeah, he used to love doing that. But I also think people are more forgiving with that with um a girl. Uh, yeah. Or even a gay guy than, than a <laughs> right. straight guy. Like I don't think people really right. just want to hear a straight guy. No one's a hero to shit. That's basically what it comes right, right, down right. to. We can't do shit to rap and get off the fucking stage. Yeah, yeah. Like, like we can't even do selfies. Like you know what I mean? Right. Like, like right. a woman can have a, an, an account. You you open her account, and her whole account 
is nothing but uh 500 selfies like right, like right. same pose you know and people are like oh, it's a nice account uh maybe you're one million <laughs> maybe you're one million and one follower but like a straight guy has like two selfies out of like 40 pictures people are like yo is he what's what's that dude he must be gay he <laughs> yeah must be gay. Get, 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 the, get the fuck over yourself i'm not following right. that's a red flag <laughs> <laughs> right, or they talk about how you, you take shitty pictures. Man, you don't even know how to take a picture. Yeah, you selfies, yeah. man. You don't even have no etiquette. Like, Damn, bro. Sheesh. This is this is Stevie B. Baby. I am feeling. Then the truth is just believing. You're <laughs> my, you're my. Wait for the beat. Yeah, this got a beat, man. That's the, that's the kind of party that uh, gonna probably gonna be the Egyptian lover. Well, I can't hear it. Oh, oh there, it goes. Hear- there it goes. There it goes. Oh, you hear? You hear it now? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm sure this is going to be on the DJ set at the Egyptian Lover Show. They're going to be playing stuff like this, man. So I really want to get in. I might hang out outside and try to find a scalper or something. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm looking forward. To, I'm looking forward to that, man. Yeah, I don't see why not. Yeah, yeah. So that, that should be that should be good. That's but, what I was telling um, Mario. I was like, man, I'm moving back to I'm moving to L.A. next year. And I'm like, dude, that I, that's something I'll do on the weekends. You know what I mean? Go do go to those type of shows, go to Dodger games. Like there's always something to do. For rent to be um damn near in Portland, for rent to be damn near what it is in LA, and we don't have 99% of the mm-hmm. shit to do in LA is ridiculous. I went if you to wanted uh, the, if you wanted a vegan stripper, then it'd probably be worth yeah. the rent or some weird shit like that. <laughs> you get right. Some... Like like I was at my daughter's godmom's uh birthday party last night, and uh one of her best friends, he's been living in LA for 10 years. He was here, he lives in North Hollywood. And I, he was like, man, the only reason why I never moved back to Portland, he said, because the rent is basically the same in L.A. and there's more to do. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I was like, yeah, you, you're right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yo, um, what I was going to say about no future, right? Uh, I feel like for the longest time, at least for my whole adult life, there was always, I'll tell you what you think about this. Maybe I'm overthinking stuff. It wouldn't be the first time. But I feel like there's, I feel like there's always a next big shiny thing to keep mm-hmm. people focused on. And right now it's, um, everything's dying, but it's not being replaced by anything. Like there's always something, uh, a disruptor or a killer, the, this killer, the, this killer, like, you know, like there's always something that's going to kill. Um, I mean, maybe the only thing that is like the next new thing is AI. And yeah. that's something that's mostly scaring people. That's the only next new thing on the horizon. And that's nothing to get excited about. Most people are like, oh, shit, it's, it's Terminator time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But for the most part, I just feel like everything is like, okay, um, the last next big thing is dying, but it's not dying in favor of anything else. And right. and I'll give you a, a, a several examples, right? Like, um, if you were right wing, the next big thing was MAGA, the alt-right. Like, it's going to disrupt conservatism the old type of conservative is dead you know mm-hmm. it's gonna be this the nixon the, the, Nixi- the nixon republicans yeah yeah they're all gone the paleocons is now this is the new um, not even the neocons <laughs> yeah 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 the, the, but the, the neocons in their time were the were the next big thing of their time like yeah and they were gonna kill the pat buchanan type republicans but right it's like after trump lost the alt-right is kind of like a joke now demoralized is gone but there's not really a new right wing on the horizon it's just kind of you know this kind of this anti-woke thing but it's just basically a toned down maga basically yeah and then yeah on, on the left uh democratic socialism and bernie sanders that was going to be the future and there was so much excitement i mean even this podcast kind of 
inadvertently was born from um that buzz because this podcast kind of came into existence from my guest appearance on Chapel Trap House. And mm-hmm. there were so many uh so-called dirtbag left or left-wing podcasts just built off that energy and they all were making some money. And there was that happening. And after Bernie Sanders lost, like it just lost its center. And now just a bunch of lost kind of straggling fragments of that movement. But there's not really anything new uh, in the left of center space. It's like we went back to something like Joe Biden. Like we went all the we went back beyond Obama, like like just a regular old white establishment white guy. Like, you know, there's nothing. uh, Black Lives Matter was supposed to be some kind of new um, advent for black for black politics. It was a kind of new movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wokeness, the Me Too, all this stuff, it all just kind of went kaput. And like, what is the face of feminism now? I don't really know. I don't what really is, know, yeah. Y- yeah. What is the face of black stuff? Even the anti-Black Lives Matter stuff, which is like the new black media stuff that was happening, you know, there was um, all this kind of, hey, fuck the black liberals, fuck the black blue checks. We have this kind of... Um, black radicalism popping off and you know we got stuff like i mix what i like um neely fuller uh professor black truth yeah cows all this stuff and that's kind of lost a lot of its heat but i can't really say it lost on social media I, I can't say it lost it in the face of some um insurgent or you know resurgent new movement that kind of uh, is replacing it. And even in social media, every social media thing that used to die, used to die because a hot new thing replaced it. So it's like yeah. uh, a MySpace killed Friendster, Facebook killed MySpace, like Instagram killed this, Snapchat killed that, um, Twitter, you know, kind of disrupted and took over. And there's always something new that was killing something old. But now it's like, what I find fascinating, Twitter seems to be like dying. You know, yeah, it's, it's, uh, Twitter is dead. It's just that they haven't put it in the ground yet. Yeah. T- Twitter is being kept alive by addicts. You know, yep. Twitter is like yep. is like uh, crack in 2000. Like, you yeah. know, all the casual <laughs> crackheads or the word was out about how bad crack was, you know, right. so you weren't going to get any casual crackheads anymore. You know, so anybody still doing crack in 2000 was just a, a holdover. They just couldn't kick. They're they just, just can't cook. Yeah. You just can't kick. Yeah. 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 So they haven't uh, found a new drug yet. Yeah, they haven't found a new drug. They haven't found the strength to, to kick it, and they're not dead yet. So they're just right. kind of in that limbo. You know what I mean? Right. right. Uh, and that's what uh, Twitter is like. Twitter is just being kept alive by power users who just complain about Elon Musk all day, but won't but won't quit, basically. You know? Mm-hmm. And then casuals, people who are like, you know, out of coming for the jokes, and that's it. You know? And if it goes, then I'm fine. I don't really care if Elon owns this thing or not. You know? Right. right. Um, but... Uh, as bad as it's getting, nothing new is taking its place. Like they tried Blue Sky, they tried Threads, they tried all this stuff, and it's all failing. Mastodon, it's all, everything is mid. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I think what happened is for a lot of people that started using Twitter long time ago. So a lot of the long time Twitter users are the ones that are leaving, and they they they're still looking for that aesthetic that they got from Twitter, and they're not going to get it. It's just not there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, well, what are you, if you ask them what they're looking for, they won't admit it. But what they want is Twitter. You know what I'm saying? But, but, but the problem is they made Twitter suck for most yes. people. Yeah. But they were okay with it because it was sucking in a way that helped them. Yeah. And now Elon Musk turned all that suckiness 
against them. Like all the things they kept, like you know, the way people report each other, the way um, you know, people dogpile and block each yep. other and stuff. Can't like, do that no more. It doesn't yeah. matter. Or or you or or the, he's giving the right wing people the extra deference. So now, even if you can do it. Uh, the right wing can do it back to you just as much because yep. they had yep. all this stuff revealed after Elon Musk uh, took over. They revealed a lot of behind the scenes stuff. And a lot of people under the old guy, Jack, were sympathetic to, you know, the more, like quote, the quote, quote, yeah, they, to the more like social justice types. Like he was hanging out with D Ray all the time. So you can see. Oh, so yeah, yeah. they were like, they were like abusing the um, reporting and blocking and soft blocking things in favor of certain people. And a lot of people were okay with it because it was helping signal boost them. But yep. now like Elon is like signal boosting like accounts like N wokeness, which might actually be him. That's the which, which, I think, I think uh, there's one brother online. I can't remember his name, but he's literally been following that account. Mm-hmm. And he's seeing he can pretty much guarantee that that is Elon Musk. Elon's burner, yeah, yeah, yeah. And even if it's not, he de- Elon definitely supports things like that. He's always he's, he's a- always under that under that account saying something like it's really yeah. weird. Yeah, and he likes libs of TikTok and all these yeah. like, anti woke yeah. things oh, and yeah. stuff. So so the same type of abuses that were allowed to be enabled and all the mechanisms were created to enable under the old regime, which they ignored. Uh, is now being used by Elon to help the kind of um, reactionary accounts he likes. So, yep. uh, you know, if these people were kind of against the unfairness, you know, no matter what direction, you know, from before, maybe there'd be a... What's a, well, the only thing that's hilarious about it is this idiot bought this Twitter account because he's, he was in his emotions about uh, identity politics. That's really all it boils down to. He was yeah. he was in his in his feelings about identity politics on Twitter, so he spent forty four billion dollars or however the fuck much money it costs, and now he's not making any money off of it. So now he's just like tinkering with it. It's almost like uh, he's self sabotaging it. Whereas now he's saying you're not going to be able to block people, and you know he's I not making that, money off subscriptions. Ha- yeah, I oh, hope yeah, that me happens. Too. They're me saying too. they're saying that. It's against the terms of service, so he can't do it. But I want it to happen so badly because so many people on there. This, this is one thing that I thought was really terrible about Twitter. And this is one of the last moves that happened under Jack. Yeah. And Twitter is so made to pander to very fragile, sanctimonious people uh, who want to be able to inflict their opinions on you, but not have any consequences as far yeah. as, you know, people um, like they want to block everybody and create a bubble for themselves we didn't have to hear anything unpleasant but they should be able to intrusively inflict themselves and their uh sanctimonious opinions on you so it got to the point this is the most ridiculous part i thought was when they started allowing you to tweet stuff but limit who can reply i'm like that's fucked up i think yeah yeah i think if you should have something where i'm only going to tweet to people who follow me or something yes yes it should be if you're gonna do that, then the only people that should be able to see your tweet is people that follow you or you follow. Yeah, but but the fact that these people can just tweet inflammatory stuff. Yeah, and then um, someone's gonna be able to retweet it into your um, personal field of vision, but you're not gonna be allowed to uh, reply to them. Like that's so like who are you to think that you have the right to just inflict your opinions on people, but they can't right um, put them back on put them back on you it's different with a youtube thing where you cut off the comments because a youtube video video, that's all you could do yeah a youtube video no one has to hit play and if they hit play and they see it's offensive they can stop but a tweet you can't tell that it's gonna be uh offensive or triggering until it's it's already done 
damages. Yeah. yeah. So so uh, they always complain about abuse on Twitter, but there's some of the most abusive people on Twitter. Like that's an abusive yeah. thing to. Yeah. I'm gonna just inflict what I know is a hot take opinion on you, uh, and keep you from being able to respond and whatever. So I was I was like, I love the idea these people won't be able to block people anymore. So now yeah. they have to figure <laughs> about everything they you gotta say. Figure it out. Yeah, before you uh say it, you know, and that'll be that'll be funny, but apparently it can't happen. But I think Elon Musk and I kind of said this before, but I feel like Elon Musk is um well, a couple of things happened. He got Twitter because he uh was like you said triggered by certain people. There's people like friends of the show and guests of the show, um, you know, that um investigative reporter Ken I don't know why am I drawing a blank on his name I usually know 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 his name but I'm drawing a blank on his uh name um hold hold on mm-hmm. his name is Ken, uh, Ken Klippenstein uh okay. yeah he, Elon Musk used to get into wars with this guy Ken Klippenstein all the time on Twitter and dunk on him and like and like it was stuff like that um that he wanted to buy the stuff so that buy the place so now he can like uh fuck with his enemies and that's all it was yeah he got so over eager to do it and then uh his dumbass overpaid he committed to overpaying then it turned out i think he started doing his due diligence after he already did the original um overtures and mm-hmm. saw that he was like wait this shit is nothing but bots and trolls yeah yep. this thing is uh so fake and he wanted to get out of it but now he was kind of stuck uh so uh they sued him to make him buy the company. And, <laughs> and he and this was so funny. All his uh stands think he's some kind of evil genius, and he's so he's not he's a bullshitter and scam an artist. And he's not very intelligent at all. Yeah. And this time he just bullshitted himself. He scammed so hard that he uh scammed himself into a corner. And I think he's like, damn, I got stuck with this fucking thing. And he's and this is my theory as to what happened, right? He could have fought it. He might have still lost, but whether he lost or won, when you fight a case like that, you have to go through something called discovery. Yeah, absolutely. Discovery is when they, you know, pull up all your correspondence, email, stuff like that. I think Elon has a lot of dirt. Um, you know, like, and I don't even just just mean business dirt, but uh, personal dirt, personal dirt too. He's kind of dumbass. I'm sure he gets escorts with his work account. Well, not only that, it's gonna we're gonna find out he's a raging racist. Like Elon Musk is a racist. You know what I'm saying? He he's he's definitely has some kind of uh unpleasant views for sure, just based oh, on yeah. what he leaks to the public. I'm sure he oh, has yeah. a lot of so he was kind of uh like uh fuck do I really wanna go through a prolonged uh discovery that I might still lose and just you know reveal all this shit about myself publicly. Because a little bit that did get revealed, you know, he looked he looks like an stages. unsavory character. Yeah, it was it was not good. So he stuck with it. So I think he's thinking I'm I'm with, the best thing I can do. Is just I bought this addictive substance that all my enemies are addicted to, and I was forced to buy it and overpay for it. The one piece of joy I can get out of this is making my enemies squirm. I'm gonna jack up the price of supply. I'm gonna cut it with you know, fentanyl. I'm gonna I'm gonna step his, on yeah, it. His 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 the, the the drug that he's trying to sell is relying on the drug addicts remaining on drugs. Yeah, and and it's like. It's like the the dream of uh, a petty person. It's like, yo, everyone's addicted to this substance, and I corner the supply <laughs> on the yeah, substance, yeah, yeah. so I can just make them dance. And it's funny; they complain, they cry, but they won't. Leave. They won't leave. And he's 
just having fun making him squirm. I think it's all he's doing. He's like, what other indignity can I get? Yeah, I'm gonna take away your preferred addict status. We're taking away the blue checks. I'm gonna give yeah. it away to the chuds and sell it. What are you gonna do? And they complain, but they don't leave. They make new sites and they come like crawling back. They made this. They made threads, right? Mm-hmm. So they make threads. They go to that. They end up not liking it. I think a big reason they don't like it is because there's just not enough people to annoy. You know, so no, they all- and the only and what they're what they're finding out is, you know, when you when Twitter, when Twitter, you know, really was in its in its prime, you know, what I'm saying you could end up with the same amount of followers as a celebrity Whereas with this new stuff. The celebrity is going to automatically get 80, 90,000, 100,000 followers. Now, you got to start all over with this new thing and try to get attention the same way you did all over, all over. And it ain't it doesn't work. Yeah, it exactly. Work. Yeah, don't work. exactly. The, the celeb can jump around and easily go back to the original oh, yeah. follow count that they had on Twitter. Yeah, but um, yeah, so I think he's just having fun um, annoying his, even though some of his ideas I think are going to take it too far. Like now he wants to do a ID verification. Yeah, ain't nobody doing that shit. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, even the addicts, because one thing they like is being anonymous trolls. Absolutely. Not, yeah, and the fear of going public I think is going to beat their addiction. They don't want mm-hmm. people to be able to f- have their information out there so i think he's overstepping even an addict has their limits to what they'll do for it oh yeah you know it's yeah. like it's like telling a crackhead well now i got i got some crack that when you when you light it it catches your whole body on fire you're still gonna get <laughs> higher but your whole body's gonna be on fire can you imagine what that's gonna be like in a crackhead's like i want to get high but i don't want to get that high yeah it's it, it might be time to kick yes yeah, it might be time to kick yeah you know what i'm yeah. saying like ain't nobody doing that shit yeah, the main problem with Elon Musk's strategy is that uh, you know, the the whole I want to buy up the supply that my enemies are addicted to so I can troll them is uh he's an addict himself. So he is. That's <laughs> he, that now that's the part that yeah. I'm glad you said that. That's the part that a lot of people won't realize because they're so focused on him and mad at him, is that he's an addict too. He just yep. happens to he he happens to be one of those crackheads that can sell crack and smoke crack. Yeah, yeah, he's getting high in his own supply. Exactly. That that always has a limit too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he's like that dealer in in Snowfall. You know, in all those drug movies, there's always the one dealer in the crew that likes the drug a little too much, and you're always like, "That's gonna be the one that's gonna be a problem later on." (laughs) You know, yeah. Like in Snowfall, was Franklin's boy he had to kill? You know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, like G Money, G Money from uh, New Jack City, G G Money, and and paid in full. One of the dudes, I forget which one in in that movie, one of them uh, like to get high, Mm -hmm. and this is it's good for a while because he can afford it, but eventually Mm -hmm. he starts getting erratic and making bad choices, and I feel like that's gonna be Elon. Elon's the G Money of uh, of social media. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He's he's, he's, he he thinks he he thinks he's um, Nino Brown, but he's G Money. Yeah, a lot of the stuff that that dude, he as smart as he thinks he is, like a lot of that stuff is, you know, like you think about um, even with his little raggedy ass car, bro, like even those cars, man, it, it, all of that shit's about to change, dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's just it, he's one of those dudes that you can tell that when he was young, he was just annoying. He's one of those annoying <laughs> weirdos that people couldn't stand. You know what his I mean? Whole family's a bunch of weirdos. Yeah, they're just all weird and annoying. But the kids always went over to his house to play video games because he had all the games. Yeah. You had to put up with his annoying ass while you're there playing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But after a while, everybody had a PlayStation. After a while, everybody had a Super Nintendo. And you might not have, you, we might not have as many of them as you, but we don't have to come over to your house to play your games no more. We can just play our own shit. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's one of those dudes. Like, he's just an annoying troll. But, but that's kind of what Twitter is to him. Twitter is like the video games at his house. He had to come to my yes. house to play my video games, which are Twitter. And Yes. But unlike um, unlike getting their own video games, like, people are trying, like, hey, I don't want to come to your house and play Twitter anymore. I'm going to get threads. And people are like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I, like, they haven't been able to create the alternative but i mean it goes for a lot of stuff like okay technology is another example right of like there's always a next new thing remember there was like oh um we have cell phones now you have to be in front of your house wait now we yeah. got smartphones look at the blackberry oh wait yeah. here's this new thing called uh here's a new thing called the iphone it's it, it killed blackberry now there's iphone and android and uh, some people like android better and then it's like okay so you like the uh smartphones right well how about a tablet this will kill your laptop you know now right. laptops are dead you know like laptops kill the desktop um iphones kill the um regular the regular flip phone uh ipad you know kill the laptop. apple watch yeah. yeah apple watch you know um all this stuff and now like what new thing is there all iphone does is just tweak the iphone like okay yes. here's a new iphone but we got rid of the button <laughs> oh right right we made right. the screen a little bigger like there's not really any new um even technology killer anymore like like vr is that was going to be the new thing like uh mm -hmm. oh look here's meta is going to kill facebook people are like eh, i'm good uh yeah you know it, it all depends on how many people actually want to do it you know what i mean like if you can't get enough people to do it then you're just wasting your time and a lot people, of money i think just out of hype i think people are just hyped out they're just yeah, yeah. i don't know if we're just out of ideas and stuff or the appetite of people for ideas is because a lot of these ideas are just scams anyway like yeah. like they're just like they're creating a need that you never really had and then selling you the solution like like technology has gone from solving real problems to solving problems that you never knew you had until you had a technology yeah. like you yeah. know so it's like hey i never knew i needed something to allow me to um use a laptop in bed easy until i saw an ipad then once, right. once I used it, now suddenly I feel like I can't live without it. You know, it's right. gone from solving problems that you already had before the product existed to things that only became a problem once you got addicted to this new product. But now these new products, people aren't even interested in getting addicted anymore. Like people see VR and they're like, I don't really want a new addiction. I'm good. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't, this is one more shit for me to. This is another expensive addiction. And I'm on, I'm, I think also a lot of people are realizing they just don't have time for it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There just isn't enough time for me to do VR and, you know, be on my phone and be on social media. And, you know, it's just not enough time for that. And I think what's going to end up happening, I could be wrong, but I hope this happens. People get so tired of it. They just like, fuck it. I'm going outside. Oh, I, you know I hope saying? so. But I think if people go outside, nothing's going to happen. This is what this and this is what I'm curious about. I want to get your thoughts about. I think when people are going to go outside, finally, when they get bored enough to go outside or just tapped out they're gonna be like what the fuck happened <laughs> like, yeah why wasn't i out here for the last seven eight years but when i just that it's gonna be like they were in the vr so long you took they take the vr off and it's like shit it's a wasteland <laughs> like, yeah 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 what the yeah. fuck is this world like because i think people should have been riding in the streets like years ago like so much of life sucks right now but i think people have just next new thing themselves into complacency for a long time and now people are gonna be like damn there's no there's no yeah, because people kept lying to, to themselves. Yeah, there's they kept no lying. women. Yeah, things suck. Yeah, yeah uh, they kept lying suck. to themselves about what this new reality was. So when you know, if you could spend, I don't know, eight nine hours a day arguing on social media about two hundred dollar dates and how you don't want to split bills, 
You know what I'm saying? Well, by the time you realize that that's all bullshit and that's not the real world, when you step into the real world, you're not going to be prepared because you've convinced yourself that that was the real world. Yeah, but so you're not going to be able to handle it. But in a way, they did kind of make it the real world. But I think it's just um, like, OK, when you go into the real world now and it's not just something that's virtual, but yes, you have to like actually live among these people yeah. in the physical corp corporeal world however you pronounce that word, it's going to, like, suck extra. Like, uh, okay, like, there's a certain type of person that sucks online. But when you ever first encounter a sucky type of online person in the real world for the first time, it feels, like, way more profound. Like, like when I meet sometimes somebody with a septum ring uh, who believes <laughs> some of this crazy stuff I see online, it's one thing to just quote tweet people and dunk on it. But when you actually see you're in, like, a somebody's house party, and you're stuck in a conversation with someone saying crazy stuff that you normally see online. You're like, oh my god, this is like actually real. Like this is like this is not fun anymore. This is uh, and yeah. I think I think people are gonna get really depressed if we really have run out of next new things to distract them. If they really have yeah. to actually live in the reality that they've let things atrophy into. Like, um, for, for example, like okay. Check out like TV. We had so many new ways to numb ourselves. We had movie theaters, then they had TV. You can bring the you can bring the movies into your house. So now, uh, moving images isn't something that you have to leave your house once a week for or once a month for. And now you can have moving images in your house beamed in all day long. And people forget or don't realize, but if you look back in the days, people were really scared about TV like social social theorists about mm -hmm. how it's going to fuck people's heads up. But in a generation or two, that became the new normal. That became the baseline. Yeah, that wasn't, yeah, that wasn't, yeah, that it, social media is, they didn't, but they didn't foresee that coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Social media can become the next thing, but even on TV, you had VHS. So now it's like, okay, now you can record things and rewatch things forever. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Now you have cable, you have 200 channels. There's always something new that was just, uh, creating a better high and a better escape, you know. Then you had, then you had DVDs, Blu-rays. Then they, then the next thing was streaming. Like, okay, you know what? Now you don't have to leave your house to rent a Blu-ray or a yeah. DVD. You can just sit on your ass and just order anything from the history of humankind without even leaving your bed. You can just sit on your ass and through computer piracy or mm -hmm. streaming, everything that ever was created could be in your house. So you have Spotify. Yeah, You know, you've made your way from having to go see a live band to records, to tapes, to CDs, to uh, streaming movies and streaming whatever. But now, like, streaming has killed everything, right? The music industry sucks now because of streaming. Artists can't make money. Record companies can't really make money. They're just a bunch no. of weird, just a bunch of weird stands gaming the streaming system to get their favorite artists. Like, Selena Gomez apparently has thriller-like numbers now. Yeah. Uh, on on Spotify. And when I was growing up, like people don't really realize the effect of an organic, high-selling album like Thriller, right? Yeah. When I was growing up, your immigrant grandmother would know Beat It. Like she didn't oh, yeah, speak yeah, English yeah, or know yeah. anything about pop culture. She would know Beat It. Your um your your Chinese dry cleaner, your um five-year-old kid, your hundred-year-old sharecropper grandfather, everybody knew Beat It. Like you yes. couldn't sell that much without maximum pop culture, uh, cultural penetration. Absolutely. But now, now you have with streaming these fake phenomenons where like Selena Gomez apparently, like I said, has thriller-like numbers, right? But 
How many people can name a Selena Gomez song? I have never heard yeah. a Selena Gomez song in my life. There's no way those numbers are real. There's no, no way those numbers are organic. And what it turns out is her fans, and this happens to all the stands, they get together and they make arrangements to bomb the streaming and gaming. So so what people, so this is what they do. The stands will make playlists and they'll share online with each other these playlists and it'll be every song on the album and they'll give tips like, okay, the streaming system has now set in new anti-gaming um regulations and rules where it can tell if you have the volume up or not if your yeah. volume is off it won't count it so they say okay put the volume up to a minimum of 25 percent play this playlist and put it on repeat and play it while you sleep and they have all these things so they play games to get they, it's like a game to them like let's see if we can get selena gomez number one this week let's see if we can get taylor swift and it's gotten so bad that now even the actual artists have been caught trying to give their their fans tips yeah i think them. justin bieber got caught doing that justin bieber got caught and so did selena gomez because w- there was a, this thing that happened where this guy roddy rich had an yeah. actual organic grassroots hit and it was going to keep their album from debuting number one and they kind of want the stat to brag about to keep themselves relevant so they got scared They're like okay the normal systems is going to work so both of them w- were caught telling their fans hey i need your help uh here's what you can do and they gave them yeah. blueprints to yeah game. i remember that yeah so so streaming has ruined everything it killed the working system for one where both the record companies or the movie studios and the artists whether it's the musicians or the actors aren't getting paid but it broke the old system enough that you can't go back to that either you know like um people don't want to go back to the movie theaters that bad anymore right you know they're used to cheap um streaming and um what's a new post streaming reality there's 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 nothing there's nothing there is is nothing yeah this is the first time in either movies or music where there's not anything that someone's going to tell you oh my god this is going to kill whatever's currently here there's they're just this is the bottom now there's nothing that they can show you to get you excited after music streaming or movie streaming and i feel like look at the mcu right mcu's dying what's Mm -hmm. the new movie franchise I can't think of any, you know, like, I'm not really sure. All the old actors, all the old A-list actors are kind of gone now or in decline. Uh, Tom Cruise is finally starting to show some wear at the box office. You know, mm-hmm. Will Smith, his A-list status has been gone. He can't carry a movie anymore. No. But who are like, the new uh, movie stars? Like, I don't think anybody's really feeling Zendaya or Timothy Chalamet like that. They just have a lot of... Their fandom is the equivalent of this, what the stands do with um, people like Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez. People tweet about them a lot. Or but talk they don't about actually go and support them. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like, we don't really know how well these people actually do because they're all in stuff where the property really carries it. Like, do we know how much uh, Zendaya can really carry a movie? Because all no. we see her in is stuff like um, we see her in stuff like Spider-Man or mm-hmm. Dune or stuff that already has a built-in audience, you know. Um, we don't really know what these people can really like. Will Smith used to be able, uh, Tom Cruise used to be able to make a movie franchise become a billion-dollar franchise, and it had no previous. But should, but you know, how old is how old is Tom Cruise? Is Tom Cruise sixty? He's he's in his fifties for sure. So 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 should Tom Cruise still be carrying movies, or should we be seeing new blood come in? But that's my point. There's no new yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's my yeah. point. He shouldn't even have to. But it's like the old thing is deteriorating like it should it's like when we lost when we when when billy d williams went away and sydney went away we had denzel exactly 
You know what I'm and, saying? And, yeah. And um, when there was know, no Bill Cosby anymore, we had Richard Pryor. When we didn't have Richard Pryor, we had Eddie, Eddie Murphy. Murphy. Like, so what's the new thing? Yeah. There is nothing I, new. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's there's nothing. We only we used to have killers, like things that died, and the new thing that was kind of like the killer of the old thing, but also it paid respect to the old thing. So it wasn't really yeah. a killer. It's, it's not even fair to even call it a killer because the new thing would help keep the old thing alive because the new people used to respect the elders. So it's like um there's a lot of old soul music that hip hop kept alive. And yeah, yeah. And people in our, in our like Gen X or elder millennial generation, we end up getting into a lot of old soul music through the hip hop samples. And they would yeah. a lot of times hire the old artists to work on the songs. So like uh, George Clinton, uh, Ronald Isley with R. Kelly, yeah. you know, yeah. and all this stuff. But the new people take pride in killing the old. Like, yes. uh, like, 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 like Nicki Minaj is taking pride in killing um, Lil Kim instead of even like, if you know, even if what they do doesn't amount to shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. There's this thing, and I think they kind of seal their own grave because in a world where no one cares about the old thing anymore, then when the thing next thing comes to kill you, um, no one's gonna care about your ass either. Except right now, when you die, even that's not happening anymore. There's not even a new thing. And now you old see now and then, what you see, yeah, yeah, and what you see now is Nicki Minaj is a perfect example. Now she's leeching off young artists. Now you yeah. see her with uh. Ice, ice spice, ice. Doing, yeah, and, and just the, and <laughs> what's crazy is they look foolish. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you see Minaj doing a video with Ice Spice, and she's trying to do something that a young girl would do. Like, chick, look, Nikki, you're forty. Like, you have no business with your booty cheeks clapping and doing the fake lesbian thing in the video. Like, come on, bro. Yeah, you know and then the thing we talk about with no no elders, there's no elders anymore. There's no elders. elders are just, yeah. just trying to chase the lead of young people. I yeah. feel bad for the young people. The young people need. Uh, I mean, people complain that young people reject elders, but I was thinking about that. I'm like, maybe it's not fair to blame it on them because our elders used to demand respect. Like when we were kids, all of us tried to talk back. All of us oh, yeah, tried yeah. to be disrespectful, but we were kind of uh got our butts kicked back into submission, and then we learned to appreciate it and end up being good for us. But I think you know, if young people nowadays don't respect elders, it's because I think uh. Elders allowed themselves to be devalued. Right. So I don't. I definitely, yeah, but I definitely believe that. Yeah, but but we've gone from uh, the old not being venerated and respect for the new to now the new and the old uh, isn't respected. So now like right. old things die, but new things um, aren't really respected. Old things either. die faster now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like like what new thing is really like people are bragging about barbie and oppenheimer like it's a huge thing but yeah i think if anything it's more proof of how bad things have gotten because they're the exception that proved the rule like people are so happy about two new movies uh that two supposed new classics have been created barbie and oppenheimer like in the 90s or early 2000s that would just been another week in the movies yeah that wouldn't be an event like oh my god you have two memorable movies coming out oh my god this is yeah uh, no those two movies would they just be regular movies in the 90s yeah they'd just be regular movies they'd be remembered but they wouldn't be like you know i mean like it would oppenheimer would just be a beautiful mind you know yep, and yep. barbie would just be like clueless and like, like i was just about be, to say it'd be like clueless yeah they'd be like classic movies but you had movies you had a classic movie every couple of weeks yeah you no know, it wasn't like 
the need to make these into a movement, I think, is actually a reaction to this feeling. I think everyone kind of feels like, damn, we have nothing new uh, as far as moments or killers of old icons or breeding of new icons. That we have to actually force them into existence. So we're going to make hella high water. We're going to make um, this um, this weekend of two watchable movies into something significant because we can just feel that this is our last chance. We we, yeah. we have to make this happen. And I think it's just going to be a hiccup in the overall decline. Like I think the decline is going to continue apace. And this little last gasp of desperation is going to be quickly forgotten before we continue. Yeah. And, that's, on and, that's, and that's the same thing with the music. Like I ask people all the time because they be talking about this rapper that rapper. I'm like, do you really believe that you as a 22, 23 year old will be listening to this at 33? Look at 33. I saw this video um, on YouTube, and these videos pop up all the time now. How Roddy Rich got washed up. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> he just wasn't came this out. Was this the guy that Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez running scared? Like, and it happens all the time now. Someone who was hot like one or two years ago, there'll be a video about uh, how they did something wrong on social media or Seth, or did some weird choice or how they released their album and they signed the wrong person they're already dead and it's like how is this even and that's the thing is like everybody a, a true artist they get a chance every artist drops a brick yeah like nas had nostradamus i mean every artist is gonna have ll cool j had walk like a panther you know every every artist has this point in their career where they start to thinking that they anything they touch is gold and these days, you don't get a chance to do that because then you're going to have some idiot who don't know shit about music making a video on YouTube about how your career is over. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, people don't give a people don't give a chance to no. uh, make a mistake. But I don't think this guy. So, so this video for Roddy Rich is called Roddy Rich, How to Kill a Rap Career. And apparently Roddy Rich tweeted, guess I'm a flop now because, uh, you know, <laughs> right. and uh, he tweeted before the video. Like, like, basically, uh, he decided that he was a flop even before people started documenting it. And right. I don't think the guy was wrong that his rap career is um, dead. But I think it shouldn't be like audiences have no real patience uh, no. anymore. And there's been a couple of explosive artists who just kind of. Um, and then there's, and then you have a certain, especially with social media, you have crowds of people because anytime something is really good. There's people out there that go out of their way to hate on it just because they know it's really good. So yeah, you have people too. that are preying on your downfall. They want Kendrick Lamar to finally have a bad album so that they can, you know, justify why they didn't like the last two, three albums. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you don't really get a chance to be a true artist because the people that are supposed to be the fans and paying customers, they really don't want it. They don't really care about music anymore. They don't really want to. Now they want to admit the reason why they don't care about music is because the shit they grew up on was bullshit. You know what I'm saying? So they never really got a chance to hear good music anyway. And also they chose sides to whereas back in the day. Yeah. You had some people that do choose sides, but I wasn't going to not buy Biggie Smalls album because Tupac didn't like him. Yeah, you know what I'm saying I was gonna buy the album anyway because I want to hear what he got to say and see how good it is. You know, to where uh, now as people will say, "Well, man, fuck, uh, what's the name of the, the YSL? Whoever they got beef with, you ain't gonna listen to their music, or you'll lie and hate on their music. Or if you don't like Drake, you won't you won't like Drake's music because you like Meek Mill." And it's like, no, if he's got good music, he's got good music. You know, uh, but now it's, it's so much bandwagoning and so much like we I've talked about this before how what has happened is these fans are able to uh, like 
conversate with celebrities to a certain degree. You yeah. see it with NBA players and stuff. And it's like, it. Was, I don't think, I don't think as a fan, you should not that you shouldn't be able to talk to them, but you start becoming, you start realizing how weird some of these people are that they're more than just fans. They really think they're part of the entourage. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, they think they're part of the crew, you know? And, you know, all because that LeBron retweeted you at one point in time. It's like, dude, slow down. You know what I mean? It's just really weird. You know, you know what's, what's so bad now, right? Uh, and you said this earlier today. And I think it um, when you said it, it didn't hit me how correct it was, but it kind of marinated in my head and didn't go away. Uh, you said like the hype cycle is faster than ever. And mm-hmm. I think it's totally right. I think that's why there's not really any new things anymore, because the hype cycle is so fast, the new thing will get hyped, but it'll burn out before the old thing fully has a chance to die. Like I think it's what happened with Threads. Threads was like had done like 80 million subscribers in a day. And then like two weeks later, like Threads is a flop. Uh, yeah. Three quarters of them deactivated. It's like, what? Like, how did it even happen? Like, like it had a, it had a cycle that used to take 10 years happen in two weeks. <laughs> you know, like, but also like the the amount it climbed was very inorganic as well because even things like Twitter, Instagram, whatever, none of them jumped up eighty million in a day uh, when they first came. Like you know, so it's almost inevitable that it would die out fast because the the rise, even our old overnight successes, weren't that overnight. You know, no, uh, no. there was a guy, for example, I was looking at, I was looking for a new rap artist to try, and then I found this guy through a video and the guy's name is Rumble. He's from the West mm-hmm. Coast. Have you heard about Rumble? I've never heard of him. Yeah, so this guy Rumble, right? Um, this is how I heard about him. I heard about him from a video that came out in 2023 on um, YouTube. And the name of the video is The Viral Rapper That Vanished, Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> so I found out about him in, in a video about how he's already done. So I was like, damn, this guy's already done. I didn't even get a chance to even uh, hear about this dude. So I looked into him, and he was somebody that was on fire in 2022. Oh. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, wait. And it says, and this is, this is a description of the video. Uh, it's called The Viral Rapper That Vanished, Rumble. And it goes, Rumble was at the height of his career going into 2022. He had viral songs that trended on TikTok and an impressive flow. He was um, the next promising rapper. And then after the murder of Drakeo, the ruler, he all but vanished um, from the hip hop industry. And I was like, that's crazy. Was he, was, he a, was he one of Drakeo, the ruler's artists? Uh, I think he I think he was. I think okay. he was. Uh, that makes associ- sense. Then. Yeah. Yeah. But it was just it was just crazy how he uh, just um, th- think about all the people disappeared. Right. You have uh, Chance the Rapper's already gone. I haven't oh, heard yeah. about that guy forever. Yeah. He yeah, was but, he, but you got but you got to remember. He came at a time where you could see why he became popular. You know, he yeah. came, he's that Obama era type rapper. You know, he's always wearing that stupid ass fucking hat that I I hate that hat. <laughs> he's always wearing that hat and he's always wearing it like just sitting on top of his head. Like it's not even on his head. You know what I mean? Do, do you know what his head and his hat makes me think of when I see him? He looks like um, a Funko Pop of rap. He looks like a rap <laughs> Funko Pop, you know? <laughs> I, I don't know why. Whenever I see him, he like... His features, he just looks 
it's shaped with his it head even has, has a Funko Pop, uh, which I think, which makes you think his rap is going to be very kind of corny. It's, it's a stupid reason to think. Well, it's a also rapper. also remember Spike Lee uh, pulled his whole card. You know what I'm saying? Pulled the rug from up under his feet. Oh when yeah, he tried I to forgot say something about, bad that. about Spike Lee, and Spike Lee exposed that his dad worked for Obama. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like you know, you, and you can tell by some of the stuff that he does, you can tell it's just contrived. Like very respectability, uh, just, very respectability yeah. politics. Very yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't but, even know how old that dude is, and then they found him in. Jamaica dancing with a bunch of women on his birthday and his wife was mad at him or it was just really weird. He's just a really weird dude. There was yeah. nothing organic. When you talk about hip hop, there was nothing organic through hip hop for him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I to where, and, and that doesn't mean that in order to be organic in hip hop, you got to come from the hood and you got to, you know, because there's a whole lot of dope rappers and producers that are not from the hood, like Evidence from Dilated. He's from Venice Beach. You know what I'm saying? Alchemist is from Beverly Hills. He literally went to Beverly Hills High School, but they yeah, stayed with the essence of hip hop. Yeah, I mean, once you find out that Alchemist, which I didn't know until you told me that uh, Alchemist uh, started with Scott Kahn, James yeah. Kahn's son. Yeah, yeah, Scott Kahn actually much, rapped. Yeah, so 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 you, you pretty much know that he has some kind of privileged upbringing. You know, but they didn't. But they know. didn't. But they didn't approach the culture of hip hop on some. Uh, you know, gentrifier. Like they, they was some white kids. They just wanted to be on. And the simple fact that Cypress Hill took a liking to him, took him on tour. They was just grateful just for that. You're like even if they yeah. didn't get paid, they was happy just to be a part of that. And like when you look at Alchemist's story about how he he was afraid to play. Uh, you know, he did the beat to "We Gonna Make It" for Jada Kiss, right? Yeah, he was afraid to play that for DJ Premier because it had hand claps in it. Mm. Like he looks up to DJ Premier and DJ Muggs and he understands like hip hop. And he was afraid to play that beat for DJ Premier because of the hand claps. Like that's how dedicated he is to respecting the culture. And now and 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 he could have played it for somebody else and they would have loved it. But he cherishes his his love for the game and the people he looked looked up to that he want to be like them. You know what I mean? It wasn't he didn't get into the game to try to take it over and say it's mine. Yeah, you know, I think that's another thing that yeah. people try to put on Eminem. They always try to put it on Eminem like Eminem thinks that he owns hip hop. I've never heard. I don't listen to Eminem's music. Right. But one thing about Eminem, that motherfucker is a hip hop head. Like he's a straight head. Like he loves Tretch. He said he his style is copied off a- after Tretch. You know what I'm saying? And then Tretch paid homage to Eminem recently by saying he's releasing an album and he wants Eminem on the album because he found out that Tretch is his favorite rapper. You know, so I, I think a lot of times people just kind of start being a little too extra um, yeah. when it comes to rappers just because they I'm like, that bridge from you and them. I don't know. I get a bad vibe. <laughs> I, can't I don't listen it. to his music. Yeah. I tell you that now. I don't, I don't listen to his music. I just don't think it's that good. That's just me. You know, I feel like I feel like Eminem. He was a great novelty 20 years ago, though. I feel like Eminem, he really likes the smell of his own parts. But I think he doesn't brag and get obnoxious about it as much right. as he has to. Because he has enough black people doing it for him. For him, but, yeah, yeah. But I feel to a degree he exit on and likes it. Like I think he has a fit. I don't know. Something about his humility about well, the, being well, in the house the of thing. I wouldn't. Feels I wouldn't very say fake to me. But well, I wouldn't say Alchemist like, feels more genuine in his humility. I don't know. Well, well this is the difference. I wouldn't say that there's all this humility because at the end of the day, rappers be on their own dick. I don't yeah. care who the rapper is. <laughs> rappers think everything they do is good, and if you say nah, I don't think I like that, oh, you're a hater. You know what I'm saying? Like, I used to tell people all the time when I used to make beats, I hated working with rappers because they think everything they say is good. And it's like, yeah. it's not. So just because Eminem, and this 
you know, just because Eminem is white doesn't mean he doesn't have the 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 audacity. You know, they they all all rappers have audacity. I don't give a fuck who they are. You know, what I mean, the wackest rapper that what's the guy's name? Rimble. You were just talking about. Oh yeah. Oh, he's got he's got audacity. I don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? He thinks he's the shit. You know, that's yeah. just how rappers are. You know, Rimble was pretty. Rimble was pretty good though. But I feel like that's another problem. I'm sorry, did I cut off your point? I want to make sure you finish what you were no, saying. No, no, yeah, yeah no, oh. that was my that was my point. Uh, this is going to lead to another problem that I think is something we talk about a lot is there's kind of a lack of resilience too. I notice where if you can't be an overnight sensation, you lose interest. And right. we kind of had this talk about this with a YouTuber, RB the Breakthrough, who I think yeah. was a really good NBA YouTuber. And he got kind of pissed because he wasn't reaching like a half a million followers and but he had like 180,000 I forgot what he has yeah. but yeah, yeah, it's a lot. respectable amount and we were all saying like why doesn't he just grind through he's really he's really yeah. good he's one of the best he's probably the best NBA YouTuber, YouTuber I've, absolutely. I've yeah. seen you know yeah. and he just you know didn't seem to really want to do it he's kind of trying really hard to chase um whatever's going to be viral success so he, he kept doing like these goodbye videos uh, over the years, because you know he's saying that YouTube's getting him unsubscribe, getting people unsubscribe right. from him. He's not. <laughs> it's doing... all a conspiracy now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he has three hundred twenty-two thousand subscribers. It's very respectable. It's right. More respectable. It's very great. It's a hundred times more than what we have. You know, but um, he thinks he should be at like five hundred thousand or a million or whatever. And he disappeared for a while, and now he's come back. I don't know if you noticed. He's been back for about a week, and he's doing stuff where he's like talking up he's doing videos like this right um he's doing these man in the street videos where yeah uh so yeah, he's like it. he's living in singapore and he's doing the kind of a passport broish kind of thing yeah now he's doing these things where he's asking out girls in front of their parents he's like kind of yeah it's really weird yeah he's doing like red pill stuff and it's like dude i know that the red pill stuff and the fresh and fit stuff and this kevin samuel stuff is making a lot of money but just gonna be it ain't like, gonna um, last. It's not gonna last. Uh, Fresh and Frit just got demonetized, right? Um, I, actually, that's another perfect example. Like Kevin Samuels and the Red Pill and these uh gender war panels were the next big thing during the pandemic. They're all dying, but that's another thing where I don't see another new next big thing. Like, what is a new next big thing in Black YouTube or Black social media? And I feel like uh, things die now without anything even coming up in its place. But but anyway, this guy. I thought I had a solid thing going on where he could have been like a legend in this field of of uh, NBA analysis. And now he's uh, hitting on girls in the street. He's um, talking to women. And one video was women who say that they'll cheat on nice guys, you know? Yeah. yeah. And he's doing like um, no fap. Yeah. When I seen that, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's like, come on, dude. Like what he what he learned about no fap for two years. I'm like, okay. But you know what? Like I said, when we were talking about that, when I saw it, I said, I knew, but I had I knew something wasn't right with him, the way he handled his YouTube channel um not growing as much as he thought it should. I knew something wasn't right with him because he was just crying and whining about it for some reason. You know, it just wasn't yeah. something wasn't right. And you know what? He kind of reminds me of um this is gonna sound like maybe a weird analogy, but 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 stick stick with me. It might not be that weird. He kind of reminds me of Ben Simmons, right? Where some people the basketball player Ben Simmons. Yeah, basketball Simmons player Ben Simmons. Like Ben Simmons is somebody who he's not lazy and he's not untalented, but 
he's never had a lot of setbacks. So some there's, people he has no drive. Yeah, there's some people who have never had to have a big failure and come back from the um failure. You know, you know, like so what happens is they get really far, and I'm not gonna say anything was given to them or they were spoiled or whatever, because you don't get to where Ben Simmons got by not working hard and not right. being talented, but he did hard work that was easy for him, if that makes sense. Right. right. Like um the minute he had to do hard work that wasn't going to immediately pay off instantly. He quit. He, he quit. That's what happened to ben, with Ben Simmons to me. Like, like, like uh, everything that Ben Simmons was good at, I think he worked at, but it was stuff that got immediate results. Like, I'm going to work on this part of the game, of my game. Oh, wow. This is improving right away. I'm going to work on this part of my game. Oh, it's improving right away. So he, he's not lazy. He's not untalented. He, he works hard, but the jump shot didn't come to him right away. And he was failing at, you know, improving it fast enough. So he just stopped trying. He didn't want to yeah. take shots. He didn't really want to work on them. He didn't want to be seen trying and failing at something. He'd rather just not. Well, because the game, the game came easy to him. And that's what that's what separates good from great. You know, what I'm saying no matter what it is, sports, teachers, that's what separates good from great. Now, like I always tell a lot of people when it comes to sports, when, you know, when kids are in high school, the kids that go to the NBA, all of them were all city. All of them are all state you know, all conference, whatever. But when you get to that level, what are you willing to do to separate yourself from that? Now, at that level, that same person can come to the YMCA 24-hour fitness and beat the hell out of everybody and score 70 points. But nobody at the YMCA 24-hour fitness is claiming to be going to the NBA. You know what I'm saying? So what are you willing to do to separate yourself? So when you look at RB The Breakthrough and his YouTube channel, or even those fresh and fit dudes, okay, things are going great because you made your, got your following from this. Okay, well what's left what are you going to do to to diversify that what what else do you have to bring to the game i know you can do a layup i know you can shoot free throws i know you can shoot a three can you play defense you know what i'm saying oh you can't play defense okay well what are you willing to do become a five tool player so i can re- we can rely on you and your channel to give us analytical information you know because now when you look at fresh and fit all they do is talk about these whores these bitches ain't <laughs> shit these women ain't shit okay well okay we got that out the way bitches ain't shit we got it Okay, what else do you have to talk about? Nothing? Oh, well, that's why you're not going to be around anymore because eventually people are going to get hip to the game. And it's like, okay, yeah. And then, of course, YouTube, on the other hand, they have new, um, I forgot what the new guidelines are, but channels like Fresh and Fit, definitely going to be demonetized. Oh, yeah, they're definitely demonetized. But, you know, something else too, I think the difference between laziness and resilience because some people think that they're better than lazy people because they hustle hard they're part of the grind yeah. culture they're the hustle and grind culture which is true that's better than being lazy but they don't know how to deal with um setbacks or not getting uh instant results and to me like the thing with, with rb to me rb seems to be somebody who is very bright guy very, very talented guy yeah, very talented yeah he's, he's very physically talented he's played basketball at a very high level yeah, he might overseas. not be in the nba but to get where he got you don't get there from not being talented and hardworking, but he he strikes me as somebody who anything he put his mind to and decided to put his ten thousand hours toward, he got very above average, um, very top of the line line results. Uh, right. Whether it's working on his body, uh, working on his game, or whatever, maybe even like dating or whatever. So we did YouTube. He still got better results than seventy. 80% of people who ever did YouTube, but right. he went to right. better than 90% to me. And that right. was like, 
he just couldn't deal with the fact that he didn't start something, grind at it, and end up. Well, the thing right, about right it is, at the if, top. if you didn't do, if you if you're trying to, if you if you feel like you deserve to be at 90 percent, okay, fine. But if you see that you're not at ninety percent, do you do something different to get there, or do you quit? He quit. Uh, yeah, he quit. But even after he quit, he now has pivoted. And this this is what I think another problem is, right? Um, audiences are worse than ever. And that's something that you have to realize. Audiences are not really great audiences anymore. It's easier no. to blame the creators, but we have a worse type of audience now. They have a worse type of um, cultural literacy, emotional literacy, all this stuff. And to get to that top 90%, you almost have, it's almost like a bell curve. The better you get, the more results you're going to get. But if you get too good, you're going to start dropping an audience. Like a lot of people would rather watch Skip Bayless and Stephen Smith do hot takes than sit through a nice rational NBA analysis right. like RB has that you have to sit and hear reason and, and yeah and think. And he has to realize that's part of the reason why he had 322,000 yeah. over um, having like a million out the gate. He's yeah. not sensational. He's not sensationalistic. And yeah. people like people. And, and, and you know, it's a great, great example of that uh, someone like Patrice O'Neill, Patrice O'Neill felt he was very, very funny, which he was. Yeah. But he felt that he said he was better than a lot of people who were popular. But what I respect about Patrice O'Neill, he was always kind of complained about how um, he doesn't play the game. So that's why he doesn't get bigger. And there's all these people who are not as talented, but they do play the game. But he realized pretty early, and he said this in different appearances on shows or whatever. He's like, I don't want to compromise myself to do what I have to do to get as big as those people. So I'm going to be satisfied having this big cult following. Yeah, and Corey Holcomb as... basically says the same thing. Was that a Corey Holcomb? Yeah, he says basically yeah. the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Corey Holcomb, he doesn't want to be... Um, uh, Kevin Hart and mugging in front of the camera no, and no. doing all that stuff to stay like Kevin Hart wouldn't do anything and more power to him but um, Corey Holcomb doesn't want to do all that stuff and do all that self-deprecating stuff and and kiss white ass and all that stuff and and produce the same way but he realized yo I'd rather be true to myself and have a respectable but strong following and I think uh, RB the breakthrough this um he made the decision I'm going to chase what is going to get me to that. So he left something that he was very, very good at that I think, I think the videos he was making are stuff that people would share 10 years from now. Um, and he left all that stuff to go for of the moment stuff. Low hanging gonna, fruit. Yeah, that's going to have no uh, shelf life. You know, mm -hmm. like, uh, like he, he has this video, girls admit they like when men treat them like trash and it's him talking to women and getting them to admit that they like bad boys. It's like, Oh, come on. There's 5 million videos like this. Yeah. And, and it's already dying. You know what I mean? Like, um, but why that's also, I, I hate to say it like this, but that's also cause he's about 33, 32, 33 years old. I hate to say it like this, but that's what majority of the dudes in his generation are talking about. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Unfortunately, you know, you would think that even though, majority of the people in his generation are talking about this dumb shit that doesn't mean you look what'd your grandma say if everybody went jumped off a cliff would you jump off you know <laughs> you would think that he would take take what, what he would take what he knows which one thing he knows is basketball so although you might not be getting where you want to go with basketball what you've been doing how can you take your knowledge of basketball and go even further yeah you know, if, I, if i was a basketball player 
and I had to retire because my knees are bad and I'm still in my prime, 29 years old, but I, I've, I've ripped up my knees or something or my Achilles and I can't play anymore. Do I all of a sudden now just go home and shoot basket baskets in my backyard or do I start coaching or do I become a general manager or an agent or do I start opening basketball camps? You know what I mean? I still I can't play, but I can still be part of the game. He pretty much took his ball and went home. Yeah, you know, he took his ball, went home, and then he came back um, um, with a with a whole different person. That like yeah. he came back wearing supreme. He's like, hey, I'm gonna yeah. be hype beast. Like, forget basketball. Uh, what's popular? Like he he took his ball, went home, and then came back uh, with some, some new look and some new hobby that he thought right. everyone else was into. And it's like okay, like for, for example, he had um for people he he's been called RB to breakthrough, but now he's called Randy J Booker. So if yeah, people want to know who we're talking name. about, look up yeah. Randy J. Booker, right? Now, he had 300,000 followers. That's still a great amount of followers. And you can still make money off that and whatever. Hell yeah. And what I don't think he kind of realized is, um, okay, you don't have like a million followers, like the Fresh and Fits, like the Kevin Samuels, like whatever. But the kind of followers you're going to get if you are somebody who gets a million followers off the bat is a low quality follower like absolutely we look at the, the replies or comments to one is people get a million followers overnight a lot of times it's just low caliber people and yeah. he had um a small it was like it was like uh the spartans of the 300 you know they didn't have as many people as the persians but they had 300 strong warriors like his 300,000 followers he had one of the smartest fan bases i'd ever seen just really smart engaged people they, who, they were interested in basketball yeah and, and they, they were they were him. interested yeah. in his his opinions and his takes on basketball one because he plays yeah right and they wanted to know like they he used to do i don't know if you've ever seen them but i used to watch his channel a couple of years ago i've seen and he like would every have, video he's done yeah he used to have live call-in shows mm -hmm. and, and he, i was gonna and, say that next the callers were of a very yes, high caliber yes yes they were very they were very intelligent and astute about the game of basketball and they didn't want to just get into the whole lebron versus mj and uh watch who's the gold yeah nonsense. who's the gold and and because that's what basketball has become when it comes to yeah. fans it's turned into well who's they didn't your top yeah they didn't who's want to gossip about yeah Malika, they want to talk about Andrews. the actual game right yeah. right all this dumb stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But when you get yeah. a million followers, that's what that's what people are going to be looking for. Yeah. And something that uh, he had this, such good, smart followers, his comments were actually full of smart people, not people just saying dumb stuff like, uh, well, uh, look at LeBron's kids versus MJ's kids. And yeah. who's the that's GOAT that now? That's yeah, weird old talk. Yeah. No. And if he stayed long enough, maybe he could have, because I think if enough people were like him, they stay in the game long enough. Then you might start changing audiences. Like maybe yeah. over time, some of these dumb people will actually start becoming smarter audiences. They might not like you right away. They might be like, "Oh, this is some bullshit." He's not gossiping about Malika Andrews and Skip Bayless, and he's not uh, doing whatever. But you know, eventually they might be like, "Let me listen to some of his stuff," or you know, like you can actually create the change you want to see if you stay yeah. in the game uh, long enough. Like maybe he could have made this a trend of smart basketball and eventually maybe in five ten years this kind of analysis does become the one million uh follower type um thing but but not sticking around he um and then worse coming back but coming back on chasing what's trendy i think he's gonna lose those a lot of those old followers 
he's not going to get a lot of new followers because it's already saturated. He's going to you know? he's going to have an incel base uh, yeah. audience and the basketball fans that he did have are just not they probably won't unfollow, but they won't watch his videos. You can, exactly. you can see that. You can see that by looking at the the views of his newer videos. He's not getting a lot of views. And then he'll come back and start crying about that. And it's like, bro, you had something popping. If you look at all of his basketball videos, the views are up. Incredible. Incredible. And people still comment on them to this day. People will comment on his basketball videos. I've you watched his old ones and they'll comment like, man, when are you coming back? Like, we love this. Like, people are just sitting with bated uh, breath. You know, ain't not how hard it is, this content saturated atmosphere for people to still think about you after you've left. Like, you know, people he's on their mind, like for like, like for years, there's three things going to happen. He's going to lose a lot of his old followers. uh, Or like you said, if they watch, if they follow, they're not going to actively watch. He's going to keep following, waiting for when a good basketball video. It would be like it would be like us at the Champagne Sharks wondering why the shade room crowd don't don't listen to us. Yeah, or why exactly. or why the Joe Budden crowd don't pay attention to us or the drink champs, why they don't pay attention to us. And for those that don't know, we actually did analytics to figure out why. Mm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> We're never gonna go down that path, right? I don't know how to be that type of messy. You know, I look at that as low, low quality bullshit. Honestly, I don't want to talk about a bunch of celebrity gossip and you know, a bunch of ignorance. You know what I'm saying? I just don't get nothing out of that. You know, I don't even no, follow totally. those channels or I don't watch Drink Champs. I don't watch Joe Button. You know, I don't even watch those. I just started watching Math Hoffa's podcast because he's had a lot of great artists and it's the good conversation. That they ask is great, really yeah. good conversation, real good really conversation. Good. You know, yeah. I don't want sensationalism. Yeah, and not contrarianism, not hot takeism, but actual yeah. like uh, thoughtful conversation. You know? Yeah. Um. But yeah, but do two things going to happen? He's gonna lose a lot of his old followers either they're going to unfollow or like you said they'll keep following but not watching he's going to get a new type of bad follower that's not going to have a lot of loyalty you know right, uh right. the minis are something that they don't like because they're, they're in it just to hear their biases and their bitterness uh affirmed like you know yeah th- these bitches were bad boys you know uh i want to hustle and flow all day and you know um i want to do this and that you know but the other thing is the amount of those new people he's going to get is not going to be enough to make up for what he lost because it's too saturated already. There's oh, too yeah. many people already he, doing this. He's three and, years too late jumping on this bandwagon. Yeah, yeah. And there's nothing uh, new. But yeah, this, this lack of resilience, like like that Rumble guy, for example. Um, and it's good for a lot of these people. If you can't get big right away and explosively... Uh, if I've got to wait to get big or if, if I got to try and I have a couple of setbacks, I'm going to give up. I want to take my ball and go home. You know, you know, the same that's back to that Ben Simmons thing. Like, you know, um, as long as I'll work hard and hustle all day, as long as it keeps coming easy to me. But the minute I have a problem I can't solve, I, I can't grow past or I, I hit a setback, then I'm going to do something else or I'm going to switch, switch tax. I don't want people to see me. It's a humiliation thing. I don't want people to see I don't want people to see me trying and failing. I I don't yeah. want to be seen doing that. And that's why I think also, have you noticed all the new acts now are so-called plant people they call plants? Yeah. Like people just show up out of nowhere because I think those are the only people who are willing to stay in the game. People yep. who can so like Ice Spice showed up and she's hustling hard. But if Ice Spice had to grind for two or three years, would she have she would done get it? burnt out? No. Yeah, I don't think she would. If she had to keep trying and failing for two or three years and no buzz happened, like some of the stories of how old people came up, you think you look at people like RZA, and RZA had like 
a couple a lot of years in the game before Wu Tang finally hit for him, but he straight yeah. up like flopped on Tommy Boy. And uh, oh, you know, that's a great example. Remember that video I shared with you yesterday of all these black comedians? Mm-hmm. Um, um, this is a show that they had called Snaps, and Snaps it lasted kinda, one season, yeah, it lasted one season. Great show. And I re- used to watch it in the 90s, but because the people weren't famous yet, I forgot their names. Yeah, and I found it yesterday. And I saw that show when it first came out, but oh yeah, I, I didn't realize, I didn't remember that that was Monique and yeah. Michael Blackson yeah. and Ricky Smiley. Yeah, I was like, damn, these guys were grinding for a long time. And Tracy Morgan Absolutely. was Tracy was Morgan on. was on there. Yeah, Tracy yeah. Morgan. And I that's, actually remember that's nineteen ninety five. Tracy Morgan doesn't really blow up until Thirty Rock. Which when did Thirty Rock come out? It was post two thousand, I think. Yeah, it was after two thousand. Way after two thousand. Yeah, so he did, we knew who he now, of course, us and black folk, we knew who he was. We remember him from uh, the Martin show when he played Hustle Man. And we remember him from Def Comedy Jam. But mainstream America hadn't didn't know who Tracy Morgan was till probably 2005. So, yeah, he was hustling. And that's 1995. He was on Def Comedy Jam in like 92. And, and, th- and there was a show that was syndicated. Um, There was a show that was syndicated. That he was on called Uptown Comedy. Yeah, I remember and Uptown, Uptown Comedy. Uptown Comedy yeah. was uh yeah, so Snaps was 1995. Uptown Comedy was uh Robert Townsend's show. Oh, did, did he do that? I think he I think Robert Townsend did Uptown Comedy. Yeah, it was a show called Uptown Comedy Club, and that one was 1992 to yeah. 1994. So yeah. that so that's like uh that's almost like maybe close to 15 years before the peak of uh 30 Rock and yeah. stuff. Yeah, so he was on He was on a lot of stuff. You watch old stuff. These people were grinding for so for so long. Now, just, and just think about that. What if, you know, someone like a Monique or Ricky Smiley, who has a syndicated, nationally syndicated radio show now, what if they would have quit after they did stand-up and they realized that while they might have the hood, they don't have what they call those, quote-unquote, those white rooms. You know what I'm yeah. saying? What if they would have quit at that point in time? And then all of a sudden we we hear about them working at the post office or some shit, you know. I, I bet like there's even... a lot of people like that now. I bet oh, there's a lot absolutely. of people in your post yeah. office who, if they stayed in their other hustle, they would have been no disrespect to working at the post office. No, 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 there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. I, I mentioned the post office because you get good pension, it's good pay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. I'm sure they'd much you know? rather have been. Uh do you know who was on Uptown Comedy Club? Uh a black show. Uh the white comedian Jim Brewer, who's now yeah, like an yeah, anti-woke yeah. comedian. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> he yeah. used to be in this in this uh, all black co- he was the, he was a Jim Carrey of Uptown Comedy Club. He was really good in that show too. So oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, but but that's how much people want to grind. He was just happy to be on a Harlem <laughs> based uh, comedy show yeah. called Uptown Comedy without yeah, it's like you look yeah, at the I names. Didn't... I'm looking at on right now the Uptown Comedy Club. Uh, actually, I was wrong. It was created by Kevin Brown. Okay, but the people Flex Anderson was a writer on there. Uh, Paul Mooney was a writer. Joe Torrey, Deborah Wilson was a writer on there, and starring Flex Anderson, Arsenal and Mitchell, Jim Brewer, DJ Scratch, Rhonda Fowler, Mont- and some of these I've never heard of them anymore. Tracy Morgan's on there. Aerie Spears was on there. Now, Aerie Spears blew up during Mad TV, but he started out here. Yeah. Deborah Wilson. You know, these are people that were, it took them years to get to that point. You know what I mean? So what if they would have quit? You know, and this is a show that started in 1992 up until 1994. Here's here's another good example. Um, Jay-Z. Jay-Z was in the game 
Oh yeah, the Hawaiian Sophie days. Yeah, yeah 1988, 1989. Yeah, 1988, 89. I remember I saw a video of his like in 89, but it, it was with Jazzo. Yep. And it's called the Originators. I Origin- remember the Originators. I was watching it with my um cousin, and I said to him, I was like, yo. That guy's a DJ. I think Jay Z was actually the DJ. He wasn't even actually the main rapper. He right. was he was actually Jazz's DJ. He would occasionally rap on a song. And I remember I told my cousin, I'm like, that guy should be the leader of the group, not not yeah. Jazz. Yeah. And I forgot I said it. My cousin reminded me like years later. He goes, "That's funny. You actually predicted that Jay Z was gonna gonna blow up." Uh, but he disappeared for like five or so years. Yeah. He pops back up in a Big Daddy Kane song. Yeah. As a guest rapper. Yeah. Um, um, I forget the name of the song. Hold on, they find it. Oh, it's um, show. It's, I think it's called Show and Prove. Um, there's, there's a like video. A, it's like a posse cut. It's like Kane, yeah. Jay Z. There's a couple people on there. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, so so he yeah he shows up. He shows up like way later. So he had to have been grinding for for years. Like it was like I think it was nineteen. I think it was nineteen ninety four or something. So mm-hmm. so he was and five years is a long time for nothing to pop off. You yeah, know, reasonable but, doubt doesn't come out to 96. Yeah, so he had to do seven years. A lot of people would so most of people like this this rumble guy, like okay, I, I know it's fucked up what happened, but you had such fast success. Like, you know, it took Jay-Z like seven years to get like yeah, real, real 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 success. Like, how are you letting this just take you out the game uh so fast? I think it's another reason why I think people blow up too fast, so they lose interest too fast now. Yeah. Yeah. And and also when you blow up too fast, you don't give yourself enough time. That's why I love Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar puts an album out. We don't see or hear from him for about two to three years, if not longer. You know what I'm saying? Two to three years, we'll hear from Kendrick. And then we'll hear Kendrick Lamar on somebody else's song, like a verse or something. You know what I mean? Then you'll hear Kendrick Lamar make a little bit of noise. Then he's going to put another album out. He still does his music the way they did back in the day. Like people forget. Eric B and Rakim only have two albums in the 80s. They don't have three, four, or five albums. There's those two, and then Don't Sweat the Technique doesn't come out until what, 92? Yeah. And he, he was grinding. He was grinding for a while. Um yeah. too. But you know, uh, yeah, he was in the underground. Remember section 80? And and I, I yeah. saw some stuff with him before that. He was in like some groups. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I think another reason why those guys take a while is because they have no ghostwriters. Because but that too. Yeah. Um, you can't, even if you're a good rapper. It's very hard to be that prolific and yeah. keep the quality up. Any rapper who's doing nonstop features is guaranteed to have a ghostwriter. That's why I wasn't surprised when it came out that Drake had a ghostwriter. Because there's yeah. no way he could have that amount of output and write all the things. Like people like Nas, Jay-Z, and uh Rakim and those people, they took a while because it takes time to write 12 solid raps. Well, you know, see, and, and not only that, you know what I'm saying? You got to make 12 solid raps, but also you're touring. So for a pl- yeah, some person it. like Jay-Z, Eminem, uh, even Eminem, uh, Kendrick Lamar, when you put your album out, you're going to go on tour for the next eight, nine months. So yep. and maybe in between time, you have time to write. But then you think about this as a rapper or as an artist, period. Do you really have time? You say, OK, I, I got to be in Sweden. And two days later, I'm going to be in Germany. Two days after that, I'm going to be in France. You don't have time and you don't have the energy. You're mentally exhausted, physically yep. exhausted. I remember there was a video of Michael Jackson. It's kind of funny. Michael Jackson hated touring the older he got. He hated it. You know what I mean? He did not like touring, you know? And it's like, you don't have you don't have anything else to give. And Kendrick Lamar said that on his last album. 
You know what I mean? He he. It took him time to figure this out. He he just couldn't. He didn't. He didn't have nothing to write. Yeah, it's it's, it's a young person's game. Uh, it's a young sure. person's game. And Kendrick uh, Lamar is what thirty three years old. You know what I'm saying? He's not these, no young, ultra young in hip hop. He's not young. Yeah, these these new rappers have even less time because they're like the new basketball players where they're not really in rap to primarily rap. They're trying to act. They're trying to yeah, be influencers. Yeah. Trying to do yeah. all this extra stuff. Like they're good at rap slash basketball in the case of basketball players but they view it more as a way to get money fame models yep. whatever it's a, ve- so, it's a vehicle to do something else yeah so in addition to having the tour like the old rappers did they also have to do fashion shows they want to guest star and they want to guest host saturday night live they right. want to appear on Jimmy Kimmel. They want to have a comedy show. Like, remember, like Odd Future had mm-hmm. some kind of adult swim. Show. Like, they're doing all these side hustles that rappers didn't do back in the days. Rappers just tried to rap. Yeah, so that's even more reason why you know they can't. It was too fight. important to them. It was it was too important yeah. for rappers back then to be good because if you sucked, it was a rap for you. Yeah, no pun intended. It was a rap. Yeah, it was a rap. Yeah. So, so it's like these people have even less free time to actually sit there and do rap. So when you see them doing like. 50 features and like when when uh what's his name when um two chains was hot that guy was doing a feature like every week i'm like how yeah. are you coming up with that many verses versus yeah drake was doing a verse uh every every week yeah like yeah. 50 features like you know anyone yeah. wanted a feature it was hot you give him a feature and, and then um came out he had a ghostwriter i'm like well duh like no one has that amount of output and is able to uh have that many uh solid verses it's just not a not a thing but yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's there's just companies now are like these artists, like like companies come out hot out the gate and mm-hmm. disappear. And like like again, like I said, threads. I can't believe threads was an overnight sensation and a flop in the cycle of three weeks. That's, that's three just weeks, amazing, yeah. Amazing so and, was that other one spill? You know, you had all the oh, I forgot the about black, that one. The black blue checks ran from Twitter. Oh, we're over on spill. And then I I told I think I told we talked about it. Yeah, eh, give them a month. They'll be back on Twitter. Because they, 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 they the it. people that they think they're getting away from Twitter because they want to get away from the people that they hate, but really they don't even like each other. <laughs> they don't like each other, but also they like the people they hate more than they yeah. pretend to because they need the people they hate to contrast themselves against. That's how they get their identity. They get their identity from fighting. Yes. with their you know it'll be like Spider Man not wanting to be around Doctor Octopus and the Green Goblin. Like right. Spider Man just work his job all day what makes spider-man great is who he fights and that's how they feel about themselves they need they need um they need their so-called arch enemies because they're cartoon characters they're all cartoon not real yeah yeah Yeah. professor crunk without a bunch of uh so-called hoteps to fight against even her audience doesn't want to see her people don't want to see hear what professor crunk has to say just in a vacuum no they're all saying the same shit anyway yeah you know what I'm saying? How many how many people does it take for you guys to to get your point across when you're talking about fat phobia, colorism, <laughs> and the same old shit that you've been talking about on Twitter? Now you're all together on one site talking about it, and nobody's there for, to go back and forth with you. So now you're back on Twitter because that's what you're doing it for. You don't yeah, care exactly. about colorism. And, and, and you don't care audience, about fat phobia. You don't care about any of that shit. And that's what your audience wants to see you do. They want to see you fight yeah. with uh, Harry Hotep. That's what that's what they yeah, want to see. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they yeah, Hakeem the Hotep. That's what they want to see you fight with. That's, <laughs> right. Yeah, they don't want to see you build because they, they, they know you can't build anything. They, they don't and they don't really want to see anything built anyway. They just want to fight all day. Uh I feel people are really going to get depressed without 
a shiny new thing to look at. And I feel like in every direction, it's even interesting. It first kind of hit me when I saw the conversation around Elon Musk and Twitter, right? When when I saw Elon Musk was potentially killing Twitter and everything. Mm -hmm. And I already wanted to get off. And this was kind of like the last push I needed. And for me, it wasn't because I think, oh, Elon Musk is so evil. He's so bad. Oh, I don't care. Because I'm like, yeah, he's evil. But to me, all those billionaires are evil. I don't think Jack is any better. I just think Jack uh, is just, uh, he just panders to like the awful left-wing people. Whereas uh, Elon, Elon panders to the chuds. But for me, it's just the fact that Elon Musk is such a cornball. I'm like, I do not want to be on a platform Elon Musk is owning and filling up with his cornballs. Like, for me, it's about corniness. I'm like, uh, morally, I don't even care. I just don't want to be on an app that's corny enough to be run by him and have to deal with his his people all day sucking his dick on on, on Twitter. So that was like the last push I needed to, uh, to uh, get off. But what I found interesting was I was like, wow, I can reclaim a lot of my time and sanity and stuff. Like, it didn't occur to me that this was a void that had to be filled with something else. But when I saw other people talking about Elon Musk killing Twitter, the conversation defaulted to what new place can we build? And I was like, when did it become the default or the assumption that you had to have a Twitter, even if it wasn't um, this one? Like There was this idea that you constantly need a shiny new thing. Um, right. And no one was questioning the idea of, do we need um, any Twitter? But I think too many people had gotten their identity or importance from these shiny new things. And they don't know who they are without them. And to you, to you Twitter, for example, like I had 21,000 followers or so on Twitter. I think at some point I had more. Um, but I just kept annoying people. and uh, The follower count kept dropping because I think it kind of topped out at a certain point, which is it's a decent amount of people. It's not as high as some people, like uh, some people have 80,000, six figures or whatever. Um, But 20,000 is not like nothing. And let's be honest, how many things in my life can I reach 20,000 people on? I don't think even a podcast reaches 20,000. Like, ironically, that was one of the reasons I I got off Twitter, because I'm like, I really want to podcast and maybe even eventually write books. I'm I'm more into ideas, not just. Right. And having ideas be heard and having a positive impact in society. I don't want to just talk just for attention. So right. I was like, if I have 20,000 um, people on Twitter and only a fraction of those are translating to um, the stuff I really care about, then I'm really just becoming a tweeter. I'm not really um, like podcasting and writing is just becoming a decoy uh, hobby. And, and I didn't really want to do that. Right. But right. There's an intoxication behind it, though, because you feel important. Like, if I have if any intrusive thought I have, I can just tweet it and 20,000 people will see it. And maybe a quarter of those will interact with it. They might be insane people. They might be psychotic. Uh, half of them might uh, respond um, to something I didn't even say. Like, you know, the whole, when you tweet, I like pancakes, someone tweets back, so you're saying you hate waffles? Like, right. Yeah, <laughs> half the responses are going to be that, but it's still a lot of a, a lot of attention and stuff. Yeah. And if you get addicted to that attention, um, this becomes like the one part of your life where you feel really important. Like, you know, if I go to my job, I can't have any real sway there. My family is only so big, you know. Yeah. Um, if I write an article... You know, it's not really going to make that much buzz, but I call it like the holodeck, you know, like on on Star Trek when they used to go on the holodeck 
Mm-hmm. And you could be like the lowest person on the crew in a Star Trek Enterprise, but you go in the holodeck and you create a fantasy where you have a harem and you're like, you know, uh, Prince of Egypt or some kind of <laughs> crazy <laughs> right. stuff. And I feel like Twitter is like a, a social media in general is like um, a holodeck for people. And that's why people at the idea of uh, Twitter going down, the first thought is, um, what can I switch to? What can I do? Because right. I don't, as much as I claim to hate, care about all these issues or whatever, I can't give up that uh, easy narcissist supply, that quick uh, dopamine hit I get from hitting all those uh, people. I don't want to go into withdrawal withdrawal from it. So I think when they, so A, they have the fallacy that it must be replaced with something else. They, they can't just have the idea of, hey, maybe I can go back to what life was before because it seems boring now. But uh, B, and you said this earlier, when I go to this new thing, I'm back at zero. Yeah. And, and I have to climb back up. And chances are, I'll never hit that old amount. Right. You know, right. Uh, and like you said, if you're like Shaq or something, you go in that new threads and, and you might hit that old amount again. Or oh, you, you'll do it overnight. Yeah, you'll do it overnight. But for regular folk, you've got to win back or have all those old people find you again. And, you know, I think it's like it took you, you know, most most people got on Twitter 2012, 2013. So. I think everybody at one point in time didn't have no followers, but it took something to happen on that app. People started choosing certain sides. I got on Twitter 2014 and I, and when I got on there, that's roughly around the time I started meeting everybody. But I noticed that there was all these, that you got the black feminists over here, you got the hoteps over here. You got the, uh, and this is before, I don't even think porn was a big thing on Twitter at this time. You know, like it took a lot of work to get these followers it took a lot of work to get you to become the because I think this is what it really boils down to. It took a lot of time for everybody to uh, pat your ego on the back because a lot of these people, that's all they want. They just want their ego to be shining through above everybody else's, no matter what it is they talk about. You know, they want to, you know, even if you've got troll accounts, once you get to two, three hundred thousand or fifty thousand followers, a bunch of that shit is just trolls. You know what I mean? Uh, even the trolls, you know, you're going to get the automatic like and retweets from trolls. So and bots, you know, they don't want to have to go through that again because now we're hip to the bullshit. Everybody is on social media now, one way or another. So everybody's hip to it. And you you can't you can't snowball people like you did in 2014, 2015 to be on your side for whatever your little bullshit is that you, you know, yap about on social media all day. It's not it doesn't work that like that anymore, you know? So they're gonna realize that it ain't working like that, and they're gonna come back to Twitter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're, they're totally going to come back. You know something else that's going to... Um, yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, someone sent me some links, because uh, I'm not on Twitter anymore, but they showed me something like, you know, it's crazy. All the people who went to Threads, they're all um, coming back to um, Twitter, but they're coming back with screen caps of what they tweeted on Threads. So it's like they went on <laughs> Threads, and I guess they didn't get the engagement they wanted. So then they come, they come to... Uh, Twitter to give the same um the same the same uh message a better try because because uh they need that engagement so it's so it's kind of it's kind of weird like so why is everyone on threads if you're just gonna come back to Twitter and re- repost the same thing uh exactly uh there it's pretty it's pretty interesting all right y'all so that is the end of part one go to again patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks or click the link in the show notes to get part two. Be good.